scripture today comes from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It is the story of how the church became anointed to do the work. It's an important story in our faith. Listen now for a word from God. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind. How do you think that sounded? <sighs> Come on, play. There you go. Filled the house where they were sitting. They saw individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Years ago, I served as a Christian ed associate at what was Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church here in town. My role there was to oversee the church school curriculum and work with the youth. I collaborated there with a wonderful senior minister named Mary Reed, who was gifted musically, and she was a very gifted preacher. Mary would begin worship each Sunday by saying this to the congregation, the Lord be with you. Oh, you know that. And if you've ever been at a church that used that kind of liturgy, you would know the response was, and also with you. Mary liked for people to be involved in worship. And she taught the congregation that this should be a spirit-filled we moment. Mary began, and she would say, the Lord be with you. Oh, you guys are getting ahead of me now. And she would open out her arms to the congregation as if to signify God's love moving out and among them. She taught the congregation to respond each week like this. The Lord be with you. It was an opening blessing every Sunday that we gave each other. I loved that piece of worship at that church. That action got in my bones. Quite actually, it got into the bones of everybody who attended church there. It became a natural response, just like and also with you was for you. My children, Bram and Madison, attended this church and were part of the youth group as well. Now, that was an adventure, let me say. <laughs> Around this time, Bram was 10 years old. Now, Bram has always been a sports fan. He played football and basketball and several other sports along the way that caused me to have to sit out on those bleachers in the hot sun. However, one year during basketball season, Bram was playing in an upward bound basketball league. It was the, it was the year that Star Wars, Wars, Clone Wars, I can't say Wars, Star Wars, Clone Wars came out at the theater. Now most of the kids were fascinated by it and it was common to see kids pretending to wave their lasers or they're playing with those little action figures that you would step on sometimes and hurt your foot. At this game, Brown was on the court playing against one of his friends who was on the opposing team. 
as the referee came out on the court to start the game. The friend looked at Bram and said, may the force be with you. <laughs> and before Bram knew what happened, that thing in his bones kicked in and right there on the basketball court, he held out his arms and said, and also with you. <laughs> he said it came out of his mouth before he knew what happened, but I love that it was so in his bones. I'd like to think that we have a force greater than ourselves with us, don't you? On this 50th day after Easter, we celebrate the spiritual anointing of the church community. It's called Pentecost. I love the imagery of Pentecost. The scripture represents the period approximately 10 days after the ascension of post-resurrection Jesus. The symbolism represented by the writer draws images from the Torah to explain the mystical experience that occurred in the room full of people from different regions who were speaking different languages. The imagery that the writer used was common throughout their faith tradition to describe things that was being experienced that was incredible and wonderful. And that moment was a life-changing moment for the church. That same spirit is here with us today. It unites us, it gives us clarity, it fuels us to be better and to live in our spiritual anointing to be the church. In today's scripture, wind, fire, and language are used to explain what happened in that room years ago. Now, I went on this study tangent of looking at all the scriptures that had fire and all the scriptures that had um, wind and all the scriptures that had language and I really wanted to tell you about all those, but I know you want to get to lunch. So I encourage you <laughs> to look them up because if you look at that in imagery throughout the scripture, you will come to understand why those images were so important to use as they explain the anointing that they receive from the Spirit. The writer used this incredible energy to signify a lasting impact. This movement of Christ followers were ordained by God and filled with something bigger than they ever hoped to experience. And here we sit, celebrating Pentecost. In a church that does things a little different and welcomes people and hopes for inclusion, because no matter where you are on your journey, you're welcome here. To be part of a ragtag group of people who are not perfect, but love big. Some of us have been rejected and tossed out in other places, but together we are fueled by God's love and we're held up by the Spirit. Now ain't that good? Ain't that the good stuff? This thing called the Spirit and this God love that changes us every time we meet, or it does me, do you all feel like you're changed every time you gather? Maybe each Sunday, we continue celebrating a little day of Pentecost where the Spirit comes and settles over us. I love that imagery of imagine that Spirit floating out amongst us, almost like smoke, breathing in the Spirit, being changed by the Spirit. Today is also the last statement from our banner. Be the church. Love God. And so, on this day, my sermon's going to be a little different than they usually are. 
It's going to be a little more interactive. Um, but I want us to see it as an invitation to love God and to experience the wonder of the holy. So when I read a statement and point to you, I want you to say, pour out your spirit upon us. Practice. After we go through this liturgy, I'm going to lead us in a guided meditation. Now, some of you may not like meditation, but I double dog dare you to try it today. <laughs> or just sit. Brenda's going to play. If you don't like it, you can listen to her play. But let the Spirit do something to you from the notes. The Spirit is here. What's the line you're supposed to say? God of rushing wind, coming where it wants and going to where it wants. God of fire flaring on dis gathered disciples and burning away their stubborn pride. God of miraculous speaking and hearing, amazing the faithful and riveting their attention to what is about to happen. God of the young who sees visions, of the old who dream dreams, of prophets of all genders. God of fire and wind and tongues, God of visions and dreams and prophecy, God of signs and wonders. I'm now going to ask you to just settle in. Close your eyes. I'm going to share an incredible meditation done by Rachel Held Evans. Take in a deep breath. Feel that spirit fill you up. Breathe in God's love. Exhale God's love. Breathe in God's love. Breathe out. Continue this breathing. Relax and listen. The spirit is like breath, as close as the lungs, the chest, the lips, and the fog canvas, where little fingers draw hearts. The tide that rises and falls 23,000 times a day in a rhythm so intimate, we forget to notice until it innervates, or until a supine yogi says, pay attention, and its fragile power awes us again. Inhale, feel the spirit. Exhale, expand, release. In the beginning, God breathed. And the dust breathed back enough oxygen and water and carbon dioxide to make an atmosphere, to make humanity. Job knew life as the breath of God in my nostrils, given and taken away. With breath, the Creator kindled the stars, parted a sea, woke a valley of dry bones, and inspired a sacred text. So too, the Spirit inhaled and exhaled 
in a million ways. Animates, revives, nourishes, sustains, speaks. It is near as a nose and everywhere is the air. So pay attention. The spirit is like fire, deceptively polite in its dance atop the wax and wick of candles, but as wild as a storm when unleashed. Fire holds no single shape, no single form. It can roar through a forest or fulminate in a cannon. It can glow in hot coals or flit about in embers. But fire cannot be held. The living knows it indirectly, through heat, through light, through tendrils of smoke snaking through the sky, through the scent of burning wood, through the itch of ash in the eye. Fire consumes. It creates in it, destroying and destroys in creation. The furnace that smelts the ore drives off slag, and the flame that refines the metal purifies the gold. The flame that torches a centuries-old tree can crack open her cones and spill out the seeds. When God led the people through the wilderness, the Spirit blazed in a fire that rested over the tabernacle each night. And when God made the church, the Spirit blazed in little fires that rested over everyone's head. Quench not the Spirit, the Apostle wrote. It is as necessary and as dangerous as fire. So stay alert. Pay attention. The Spirit is like a seal, an emblem bearing the family crest, a promise of belonging, protection, and favor. Like a signet ring to soft wax, the Spirit impresses the heart with power and prestige of God, and no one, not kings, not presidents, not the wealthy, nor the magisterium, can ever take that identity away. The bond of God is made of viscous stuff. God has put a seal on us, anointed the apostles, and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. In the rite of confirmation, which acknowledges the presence of the spirit in a believer's life, a thumb to the forehead reminds God's children of their mark, the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is as invisible as your breath but as certain as your skin. So pay attention. Don't forget who we are. The spirit is like wind. Earth's oldest sojourner, which in one place readies a sail, in another whittles a rock. In another commands the trees to bow, in another gently lifts a bridal veil. Wind knows no parameter. The wildest of all wilds, it travels to every corner of the cornerless world and amplifies the atmosphere. It smells like honeysuckle, curry, smoke, sea. It feels like a kiss, a breath, a burn, a sting. It can whisper or whistle or roar, bend and break and inflate. 
It can be harnessed but never stopped or contained. Its effects observed while its essence remains unseen. To chase the wind is folly, they say, to try and tame it, the very definition of fertility. The wind blows wherever it pleases, Jesus said. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We are born in a windy world where the Spirit is as steady as a breeze and strong as a hurricane. There is no city, no village, no wilderness where you cannot find it. So pay attention. The Spirit is like a bird, fragile alloy of heaven and earth where wind, feathers, and flight meet breath and blood and bones. The rabbis imagined her as a pigeon, the Celts a wild goose. Like a dove, she glided over the primordial waters, hovered above Mary's womb, and descended onto Jesus' dripping wet head. She protected Israel like an eagle, and like a hen brooded over her chicks. Hide me in the shadow of your wings, the poet king wrote. Maybe you are my help by seeing in the shadows of your wings. The spirit is as common as a cooling pageant and transcendent as a high-flying eagle. So look up and sing back. Catch the light of God in the scrim of wing. Pay attention. The spirit is like a womb from which the living is born again. We emerge, lashes still wet from water, eyes unadjusted to light, into a reanimated and freshly charged world. There's so many things to see, so many new things to see, so many gifts to give and receive, so many miracles to baffle and amaze. If only we pay attention. If only we let the Spirit surprise us and catch hold of our breath. Now breathe in the Spirit of God and hold it. Feel it inside you. Breathe out. I invite you to open your eyes now. Open your eyes knowing that each one of us contains a part of God's Holy Spirit. Each one of us. And that is what makes this thing called the church work. We are the church. Anointed to protect the environment, to care for the poor, to forgive often. I still don't like that one. <laughs> Reject racism. Fight for the powerless. Share our earthly resources. Embrace diversity. Love God and to enjoy this life that we have been given together. Church, may the force be with us all. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.